In this episode, I talk to Kay Burrows, owner of Core Love Fitness, and we talk about new moms setting parameters and getting back into fitness. Um, good morning, everybody. I'm here with Kay Burrows. She is the owner of Core Fitness. Did I say that correctly? Core Love Fitness. Core yeah. Love. I knew I was forgetting something. Core Love Fitness. And she is a prenatal and postnatal fitness fitness expert. And today we're going to talk about setting boundaries for physical activity and making it a priority specifically to new moms and women and why it might be a little bit harder for, for us to put fitness at the forefront of our life and, um, how to navigate mom guilt, which then I was thinking about mom guilt like, is there even a term dad guilt? Cause I don't think that there is. So why is there even a term mom guilt? It's ridiculous. So mm-hmm. we're going to go down this rabbit hole and hopefully, um, not hopefully, I know Kay is going to give lots of tips and tricks, um, for long lasting change on how to make your health a priority because it should be, um, as we all know, health should be, if there's anything this pandemic has taught us, Health, overall well-being should be our number one priority mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's a game changer and possibly a lifesaver. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so my first question here is, why do women have a hard time making physical activity a priority? Yeah, I love this question because this one we could talk about for hours and hours, right? So I'll try and keep yeah. it short. Um, but in my experience, I think I think it's a couple things. Um, first off, I think it's kind of what we bring into motherhood um, or even just into kind of adulthood as women. I think a lot of women have been taught that exercise is a means to mean just to stay small, right? Or to burn calories. And like, that's yeah. the only purpose And so if that's the only value that you equate with a workout, then all of a sudden, if you cannot do, you know, a one hour run or a one hour boot camp, or a, we all have this like one hour idea in our head that like a workout must be one hour, we must burn 500 calories, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That framework and that type of exercise and that amount of exercise and that intensity, like it doesn't fit you in every single phase of life, right? And so I feel like that's one problem is that we don't actually know how to exercise other than go hard, burn as many calories as possible. And so all of a sudden, when you become a new mom or you have a full-time career or light, you just go through life, right? There's a pandemic, you lose a partner, you lose a parent, you just, whatever. It becomes a like, oh, I can't do that. I cannot imagine going for a one hour run. So like, I can't do anything, right. It just becomes, right. yeah. So I definitely know that was a shift for me. Like I remember, you know, when I had my first baby, I didn't even realize until it was kind of taken away from me, how much my identity was tied up in like, I am a person who exercises and I do right. it most days and I do it for an hour and I work really hard and I get really sweaty yeah. you know? and then when I couldn't really fit that in, it did take me a long time to be like how, you know, what, how other, 
what are the other ways that I could exercise and still get a lot of the benefits? And, and for me, I really needed to learn what the other benefits were other than, you know, getting that good hard burn. Right. And lots of times, you know, as we get older, as we're pregnant, you know, postpartum too, like that hard workout doesn't feel good. Exactly. Right. And so if you come into exercising and I, I just hate that word exercising. I think we should all use the word training, training, we're training for life. Like we're all a level of athlete at no matter if you're doing, you know, your first 5k or you're trying to walk 2k without stopping. It's, it's all some level of athletics and we should Mm. all be training for something specific. And that's what our program should reflect on us. And it should never, it should be enjoyable and it should be sustainable and it should not hurt. Like you shouldn't have these long lasting mental and physical effects from exercise. That's just so Mm -hmm. silly, but yeah, I I do agree women. And I, I think it's changing slowly, but I think women's ultimate goal for coming into exercise is to stay small. And then when you have, you know, when your body does change as we get older, like our skin changes, it's just like, Mm -hmm. who cares? We're going to change, but you need to make exercise or training, um, fit where you are in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think that's the other piece, right? Like fit where you are in your life, what is going on in your life. And, you know, in some ways, I don't know how you feel, Patty, I probably have a guess as to how you feel about this in some ways, but like, you know, what so so many things have advanced for women over the last say hundred years, if we were to look Mm -hmm. back right at at where women were in 1921. And then in some ways, so many things haven't changed. Right. So like, yes, I can have a career outside of the home, but is the management of a home shared equally between the, the adults that are living in that house? Like we know that primarily it's not right. So, right. And what about the childcare duties and like the emotional, you know, there's so many things, even just in the last 20 years have changed in terms of like how we want to be raising young children and what we want to be teaching them about, like their emotional intelligence and problem solving. And this is all amazing things. But what I see in my experience is that primarily the mothers are carrying that load. So it's like maybe a hundred years ago, they would have been responsible for keeping children alive and keeping a house like relatively presentable. And like, now yeah. they have that plus, you know, yeah. develop your emotional intelligent child and give them all the stimulations and make yeah. sure they go to music class and make sure they have this activity and, you know, whatever, make your almond milk from scratch. I always joke about that. Cause I did that as a new mom, like, well, they do. <laughs> and, you know, and, and maybe you have a career on top of that. Like right. it, it's a lot. So, I mean, in some ways, my work with women is to help them prioritize their own exercise. And in some ways, my work with women is to help them look around and figure out what they need to get off their plate. Cause I think that's really the biggest problem. Yeah. Um, I agree. (laughs) Um, I, you know, I do think people, maybe the one good thing that the pandemic has done has been to help people streamline what's important. I think lots of people overschedule themselves. And I remember um, being a kid, you know, and, and trying all these sports. And my dad said to me, he said, 
you can be okay at a bunch of things, or you can be really good at one thing. And that kind of has stuck with me through my life. It's like, you know, in the summer, I, I want my yard to look really nice. I love my yard. I, I enjoy doing my yard work. I want to walk around my yard and like, be like, look how great my grass looks. That brings me joy, but I don't really necessarily care what the inside of my house looks like because I can't do that all. And, um, I think, you know, that word balance is such a crappy word. It, I mean, it can be good, but I think it gives us faults, uh, a false sense of what's actually achievable because, you know, if, if you're doing one thing, then something, if you're really good at one thing, then something else is going to be not doing as well. And that's okay. And I think we do that with our kids too. You know, you think in the pandemic, there wasn't anything available, but then parents started walking. Like I would, you know, drive into town, into Edson. I had never seen so many dads on bikes with their wives and their kids ever before. I think moms are really good at doing that because usually they're home with young kids, but whole families out together and it wasn't this scheduled time where this child had to be here, this child had to be there. And we had 50 million, you know, different obligations in the week to meet. And I, I think one that's been one, the one positive of the, of the pandemic is if people could, is exercise or training important to you? Like how important is it to you? And setting those goals out and being verbal about what your goal is and your expectation to your partner because I also think as much as men sometimes don't pick up the, you know, what they could be doing more in the house. I also think women love a mind reader and mm -hmm. say one thing and expect another. And I just, it just doesn't work. How, how can a man or anybody who works full time and has have kids then become a mind reader on top of years of what they've been told is no, I got it. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, it's, it's hard. Yeah. And that is, you're right. Like for a lot of us, it might feel hard to ask for what you need because it's implying that you can't do it all right. That you can't, right. you're actually not this super mom that you thought you were going to be, we, I always laugh. I remember having a conversation with my husband before my first daughter was born and we were both like, okay, so like, we're not going to like totally change our lives around this baby. Right. Like some people do. We'll just like the baby can yeah. just join our life. So like, we'll just yeah. still go where we want to go, but the baby will come. And it's like, you yeah. want to like smack yourself inside of the head now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it can be hard number one, to ask for what you need. And I think the second piece that's hard specifically in the phase of young kids is like, you might not even know what you need. You don't even know, you know, you might think like, you know, again, I think about that transition from pre-kids to kids. Um, a lot of my clients are like, okay, what I need to do, what works for me is super early morning workouts. That's when I must work out. Right. Yeah. And often I'm like, maybe, but maybe not because in your previous life, you had control over when you went to bed and how much you woke oh, up in the middle of the night. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and so maybe I always encourage moms, try it. It might work during this phase, but like, it might yeah. not, you might right. be, you might actually need to say to your partner, you know what, between like five and 6 PM, I need you holding the baby and cooking supper and I'll be downstairs or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. we don't always know what's going to work. And the thing about, I often tell moms, you know what, like, think about, remember when you like thought you had your baby's nap schedule figured out and then they like change it and then you get it and they change it. It's like, yeah. that's, that's how it is with exercise too, as a new mom, right? You're like, yes, yeah, yeah. working. This is when I do my workouts. And then the next month it's like, no, I got to change it again. I know. I know. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's an ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of new moms, like what are some major things that they, sh- that they should be doing when it comes to introducing exercise back into their life? And what are some things that they should not be doing? Yeah. So I really think that the first thing that moms need to be implementing is mostly strength work, like really focused, you know, build back your core foundation, get There's always going to be a little bit of muscle loss that has happened, whether it's just from lack of activity during pregnancy, maybe you were really sick, maybe you had a bed rest, you know, um, or just you, maybe you were active till the day you delivered your baby, but there's been a period of time where you haven't been moving in the way that you would have been before. So I think some really focused strength training goes a long way. Um, and in terms of what not to do as hard as it can be for women to hear, I I really don't want women, you know, running or doing a bunch of that, like hard cardio, like we talked about at the beginning, right? Like getting that big burn and big sweat for long periods of time. But Um, my Instagram is flooded with it. Kay. It's mm -hmm. just flooded with it. And I, I mean, I understand there is, I think there's probably 10% of the population that can do a hit workout well, like really well. They have great body control. They can switch between a jump squat to, you know, bent over rows, no problem. And they have wonderful form. I think the majority of the people doing God knows what even that rep set combination is, Mm -hmm. cannot do it well. And it's just so confusing, I think, for people when their main goal is they just want to lose weight. Well, and it's it can be really defeating, right? If it yeah. can be really hard as a new mom to carve out the time, the energy, the everything you need to make a workout happen. And yeah, you do this, you know, hit workout. So your squats and then you're jumping and then you're this and then you're that or whatever you're doing, right? Um mm-hmm. And then it's like, you're doing this for weeks on end and your body hurts and you don't feel better and nothing's changing. Right. And that can be so defeating because you're actually trying really, really hard. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, and I, I guess in addition to that, I just don't think like you're right about a lot of people don't have the strength foundation, the movement foundation to do those movements well. And most people also don't have enough recovery like they're not sleeping enough they don't eat well um you know and so it comes back to again like to get the benefits of a hit workout you actually really need to be someone who is doing all of those things like sleeping eight hours yeah. a night eating good food right and again yeah. it's like that can sound defeating to a new mom but it's more just like this isn't for you right now this is not the best strategy for you right now Right. So, I mean, a takeaway from this is even if you're scrolling through Instagram and you see a mom with six kids and she's got a six pack and she's talking about pelvic floor and core and she's jumping all over the place and swinging dumbbells around, just take a second and realize you're not that person. Not that it's wrong, but you're not that person. 
and that may not be a the direction that you want to go right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you could apply that to all things, right? You oh, have, yeah. You have to be careful when someone's selling fitness with their body because you you truly will never look like that person. It's just not possible. You're not genetically identical. Um, yeah. So, but uh, like you said, I, I, I can say that. And then I also remember the emotional feelings of like sitting there feeling like you have this belly with stretch marks all over it and it's squishy and it's like, feels like it's never felt before in your life. Right. And then yeah, you're like, yeah. okay, so if I just did all of those, if I just do this plank challenge, maybe I'll look like that person <laughs> I know. playing challenge. Oh God. Yeah. Or like run 5k every day or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those are really good. So how, and when do we set new boundaries for new moms then? Like how do they set boundaries with their partner, um, around training or finding a new program? Um, for me, what, changed everything for me in this regard was when I had my own trainer or my own coach. Um, so I don't know, you know, not everyone is going to need to hire their own trainer. Um, and, but there's a lot of ways to do that now, right? You don't always have to do one-on-one personal training. There's a lot of ways that you can be a part of a group program or a coach program. Um, but for me, what was huge was having an expert who knew what she was doing, who planned out my workouts and she was a mom and she got it. It was a very manageable amount of exercise, but then I didn't have to question like how much should I, what workout should I do this week and how much, and you know, should I be doing an hour of exercise or 20 minutes or what? It was just, I had a plan to follow. Um, and I found that immensely helpful. And then from there, if I had the plan, you know, kind of what we were saying earlier about what you need, Now I felt like I knew what I needed and then I could make it happen or ask for help if I needed to make that happen. Yeah. And, and my coach was, she was brilliant in the way that she helped us shift our perspective of exercise. You know, like I remember my husband coming home one day and I was like, okay, I just want you to take the kids. I need like half an hour to finish my Tuesday workout. And he's like, it's Thursday. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, but like I got halfway through my workout, somebody pooped their pants, somebody else like threw something at the other kid. Like it just, my workout needed to end, you know, instead of being so frustrated and choked about it, I was just like, now I'm going to go back to it. I've, I still want to finish it, you know, and it would have been fun if I didn't finish it, but yeah. Yeah. For me having someone to, you know, because as a mom, you're supporting so many people all the time and so many things and it felt huge have someone in my corner, right? Exactly. And I think too, when you pay for something, then it makes you more accountable to going. Mm -hmm. And if you have, like, if your husband or your partner knows that you've paid for something and that you have this person that you have to go and meet, then you have a schedule. Now it's not this random thing that you're like, well, sometimes I get up at six to go work out. Sometimes when, uh, you know, my partner gets home and I go to the garage and work out and I just kind of figure out the kids. It's not just this thing that's like in the, up in the air and you're going to see how the day goes. You mm-hmm. know that on Tuesday at four o'clock or whatever the time is, 
you're with said trainer and you're doing that, that program and everybody in your family knows, and mm -hmm. it's not something that you have to guess at each week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing, like whether you do have a trainer or a coach or not, um, I'm always, this mindset shift helped me immensely. And I'm, again, I've been working on it for years, but I, I share it with all of my clients. Like you have to think, and sometimes I'll have people write a list, but you have to know what the things are that only you can do, like truly that only you can do. So like, if I think about me, like I am the only person that can exercise my body. No one else in my house can do that for me. You know, I'm the only yeah. person who can put myself to sleep that can put food in my mouth. I mean, you know, yeah. under, <laughs> under normal circumstances. And so you know, when I'm looking at my day and I'm like, okay, I want to fit in a workout, but like I have laundry to do and work to do and, you know, dishes to do and all of these things, like ultimately someone else can do the dishes, someone else could do the laundry, you know, and it's a different discussion on whether they will or not. <laughs> but the yeah. fact is like, truly no one else can do my workout for me. And so yeah. I really try and prioritize those things that no one else can do for me because I know that two decades down the road, that's what I'm going to wish I would have done with my time. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like to say, I, I like to call a family meeting. <laughs> if I need to uh, reassess what the, the uh, jobs and goals are of the household, <laughs> because it can kind of get lost over the summer because in our house, like the kids are home, I work from home and I'm, you know, I take a little more time off in the summer. So I do a few more things. Um, and even for the kids, like I just, I do more things for everybody, but usually around September, I'm always like, okay, hey, we need to have family meeting. Like yeah. everybody can do the laundry. Everybody can, you know, put their dish away in the dishwasher. All mm -hmm. of these things are, it's not, I wasn't put on this earth to be a maid. And I will not die a maid. I'm a human and I have wants and needs and desires and dreams, which include my husband and my kids. But, you know, and this may be too far for some women. If this is just me that I'm speaking about now, but like I was born Patty Patton and I'm going to die Patty Patton and I have to be me first and then everything else. And that to me, I don't think that's, not selfish. If I'm fully happy, not always happy, but trying to be the best that I can be, then I will be better for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that ebbs and flows as you, I mean, when you have a newborn and you're breastfeeding and you are potty training, obviously, you know, I wasn't like, I'm Patty Patton. <laughs> this is, you know, I'm not there's moments in time, but you can, I think as a woman kind of just stay there and not follow where those kids are getting more independence. And then you you can have a little more independence. And instead of moving with the time, we kind of stay, we stay back into that helper mode versus allowing ourselves to have a little more freedom. Yeah. Well, it's really hard to transition out of that because like you said, you know, in those newborn and toddler and preschool years, your kids have a lot of needs and they are urgent. So yeah. 
they're not more important than our needs, but we are adults and we can wait for things. Exactly. Yeah. I can wait an hour or two to eat. Even if I'm hungry, a newborn baby cannot, it's more urgent. You, You kind of have to take care of them right now, but Um, you know, another thing that I remind parents all the time that I'm working with is like, I know that because I, I just have, I work with amazing people and I know that they care so deeply about raising kids that, that see everyone as important, right. And see the value in every person. And so we cannot teach our children that every person is valuable. If, if I, as their mother am not as valuable in our households. Right. And so Mm -hmm. Again, it's, it is hard. It's definitely not easy, but I think no. we have to remember that all of our needs are equally important. It's just that, you know, your kids' needs are more urgent and that doesn't make yours less important. It just means you have to be flexible for a lot exactly. of Exactly. And ask for help. Mm-hmm. Have a family meeting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I talked earlier, but how so how do we look past mom guilt as our kids get older you know lots of guys um are in a hockey league they snowmobile they hunt they fish um I don't know what else I I have a rare husband who doesn't do anything except with our eight-year-old son so (laughs) I'm trying to get him to do more so I can I I don't feel I don't feel guilty about leaving, (laughs) leaving them um, but their guys are so good at making time to do the stuff that they love. And I, I feel like it's so rare to find women who will take a little bit of time away from their family or even include their family in the things that they love. And we've coined the phrase mom guilt. I want to know if dad guilt even exists or if it is a word or phrase that anybody uses. Um, I think, I think my husband probably has dad guilt, but <laughs> I'm not sure. I'll have to ask him. Um, so yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Mom guilt, getting past it. And how do we get women doing the things that they love? Yeah. Yeah. The mom guilt is a big one for sure. Um, and I can think of a few dads that I think do have dad guilt, but primarily I think it just comes back to this idea of, um, the mom or the primary caregiver usually shouldering such a load, right? So many things and feeling like the success and health and happiness of our children is like our responsibility and directly related to our actions. And as much as we want to think that it's not always (laughs) the case. Um, But I mean, ultimately, when I look at this, it comes back to what we just said, right? Uh, I, I want my kids to know that all of the people in our home are equally valuable and equally important. And so I think it's really important for them to know that, yeah, sometimes I go out and play volleyball or I'm going skiing or I'm going to do something. Um, and actually, as my kids are getting older, I'm finding I don't crave that as much. I'm not as interested in leaving the house to go do those things, but I think that's because I can do them with my kids and they can actually participate and it feels fun. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not just like, Oh, this is fun because I'm watching you and you're cute and you're four and you're learning how to play soccer. It's like, no, you're 10 and I'm like sprinting actually keep up with you. (laughs) So it's fun. Uh, 
but yeah, when my kids were younger, I did try, I played hockey for a couple of years and some volleyball and it was, it was fun. It was hard to be honest, to fit into the schedule, but I know that I saw my mom pursue some of her dreams and, you know, passions as a young kid. And so I do think about the value that I got from that. And then I want to make sure that my kids see that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I love long distance running and so I'm, I, I, what I, I enjoy about it so much is it's like the car ride up there with the person that you're going with. It's like eight hours on the trail. It's the car ride back. But what's even better is if your family goes camping, you get to go for the run with your friend or whoever you're training with. Maybe it's even your husband and you come back and like now you're camping and you're with your whole family and everybody that's like into hiking and running. And I just, I love that. Um, And I also it's the same thing. Like as my children are getting older and they're able to do these hikes and you're able to actually play sports with them, it is really enjoyable. It's, it's like another level of joy. And I think as your kids get older, you're right. Like you don't, you don't need, you don't seek another adult attention as badly because they are turning into these pretty neat little human beings that you can converse with and I mean eight-year-olds that's how old Danny is I I think they just know the most it seems to be (laughs) Mm. scary how smart they are yeah um so another question that I wanted to ask ask you how do we set sustainable and long-lasting goals and when you're a new mom Um, looking to get back into fitness like what are some good steps that we could do to implement this I think the best thing that anyone can do for themselves or if you're supporting new moms in this phase is really get kind of deep onto the why of exercise right so often I'll have women come to me and they're like I need your help because I'm a runner and I must run and I need you to get get back into running because that is my mental health right (laughs) and I'm like okay but we keep talking and I ask a little bit more about like why is running a big you know so crucial to your mental health or why this or why that and sometimes we arrive to a spot where it's probably the way you feel about running Patty it's the being outside it's you know there's so many things But sometimes you get to the end of that conversation and she'll be like, I actually hate running. (laughs) This is the only way that I know how to burn the maximum amount of calories. And I hate how I feel in my body right now. Right. And so that's a very different plan. Like if, if it's about how you feel in your body versus you love, love running, those are very two different places to be. Right. So I think just kind of getting to that and also I really want to encourage moms to know that like, it's okay if you don't feel great in your body. I think I love the trend of like, I do feel like we have a lot more body positivity and kind of openness around like the postpartum experience in general than when I first had my 10 years ago. And what real bodies look like, like what real everyday human beings that are healthy we are like healthy, disease-free. You can move easily. Like that, that should be our goal is to 
not have disease, not have high blood pressure, not have, you know, the chance of diabetes, but be able to live a life without, with, with freedom of your body. And that's not going to be a super ripped lean body. It's like, it's just not going to be, it's not what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And for most people that's not sustainable. And I just think the fitness industry right now is so it's either like one side, like super, super fit, or it's way over here. And there's like no middle ground. Right. And I feel like, you know, I know I experienced this and many of my clients have, it's like, okay, so I'm going to try and not be like obsessed with this, getting this six pack at six pack of abs. You know, I'm going to really just like, I love my body. I'm going to embrace my body. I'm going to be so grateful for my body. But then, yeah, they kind of land somewhere in the middle and they're like, well, actually, like, I don't love my body. Like I'm trying to, but like, yeah, I don't really love these stretch marks. I don't really love this like squishy belly feeling like, or whatever yeah. it is, or, yeah. you know, I don't really love that. My pelvic floor is not working well. And I pee when I run, like th those are valid yeah. things to not love. And so I also think it's helpful to remind moms that like, you don't have to be over the moon in love with your postpartum body. Yeah. Um, and to just, yeah, like you said, Patty, just constantly be looking at like why and, and big picture, right? Like mm -hmm. ultimately, if you want to look a certain way, it, that really is because you want to feel a certain way, right? Yes. So yeah. it's getting into that feeling. Why do you want to feel that way? How do you want to feel that way? Okay, then how are we going to get you there? And knowing that that's not a six week program, that's not a 12 week program. That's a long term yeah. process. I always say we're in it for the long game, not the short game. Yeah. And it's like, you know, just, and then, and then what happens when you join this, you know, whatever challenge is out there, you join this challenge and you haven't had bread for 30 days or whatever it is. And so you've lost this weight and now you're hungry and you've achieved whatever you wanted to achieve, but now, where do you go? Like, what, what do you do on the 31st day on the 32nd day? Are you eating loaves of bread? Because now like you've achieved whatever motivated you to get the look, or are you maintaining a carb free lifestyle while having kids and making sandwiches and, yes. and supper and, and all those kinds of things? Like it's, it's just, uh, I, you know, it, it's so for me, like I, I do find it frustrating for women. I wish we could just as a group say, we're not going to buy any more of the crappy programs and be sold weight loss crap any longer. We no longer will buy into that marketing and move forward with all food is good food. All movement is good movement. And everybody's going to look different and everybody's type of exercise and training and level of intensity is going to look different, but we're all achieving health and mental health, like for the long term. Mm -hmm. But we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> yeah. And it is hard. You know, I know as a, as a mom, I had such a hard time spending money on myself and my fitness. Um, 
so it wasn't really until my third pregnancy that I did hire for myself, like a specialized coach got into her program. Um, yeah, just, you just feel like, Oh, I'm not making as much money on that leave. Or you want to, you got to spend the money on the kids or like whatever. Um, and so I've been there and I get that, but for me transitioning from that idea of like drop in fitness as cheap as possible to back to what you said, right. Just committing to something, someone I trusted. And once I put some money on the line, like for me, (laughs) if I've paid for something, I'm scared to waste that money. And so that was, that had a, made a big difference. And, you know, sometimes we as women, you know, whatever stereotypically can spend money on clothes or, you know, whatever could spend easily drop a hundred dollars on Amazon on things we don't really need. And like even Botox or fillers, like that kind of stuff is so expensive. And it just comes back to that feeling, right? You're chasing a feeling you want to feel good in your body. Um, you know, and I, I don't know anything about Botox and fillers or really have strong opinions about it, to be honest, other than (laughs) to me, like it just, you know, and maybe this is clearly I'm dating myself and aging myself. But like, when I think about it, I'm like, where do in 40 years, when I am 77, Mm -hmm. like I want dense bones, I want strong (laughs) muscles, you know, I want money in my retirement fund. Like, this is what I I want to do. So to me, yeah. To me, Botox isn't going to give me those things, but yeah. yeah, it just comes back to that feeling. Right. And, and really thinking about investing in yourself, whether that's time or money or energy or all of those, it's, yeah, it's just so worth it. I read a really good quote today and it says, um, everyone looks at the cost of a book, a course, or a coach. Nobody considers the cost of being in the same place one year from now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think in the fitness industry, there's a lot to be said for free, 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 free. It's $1 subscription or only $15. And, you know, I like, there's a reason why something costs what it does. And if you're looking for really specific training, like somebody who's going to listen to you and who you think you might drive with. There's definitely has to be a personality connection there. Um, It's going to cost and good for that person for charging what it is, because there needs to be a financial gain in order for the program to be as good as it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't think anybody like you or I am in the very small fitness world um, without the millions of followers and, you know, the body selling of fitness. It's like, I call it the, there's a porn side of fitness. Um, I'll never feel bad for that. (laughs) Well, and I think, you know, there's no there's no shortage of, like you said, free workouts on YouTube, you know, and I, again, I did that after my first baby was born. What's a yeah. safe postpartum workout, postpartum abs. Like I, I YouTube to them. Yeah. I did. I got to a point where I was like, this is too much brain power for me. I don't, I don't know what the right thing is to do. I feel like I'm not getting anywhere or I'm not getting there fast enough. Yeah. You know, so for me, I just, I, I think I underestimated how, how much brain power I was spending on trying to decide how to get my body to look and feel the way I wanted it to feel. 
And ultimately what I was, I thought I was paying for her expertise, but ultimately what I was paying for was the support and having someone in my corner. Right. And yeah. And that is not a $9 a month sort of purchase. And it was worth it. Like it was so worth it. It changed the way I looked at exercise. It changed the way I set boundaries. Like we talked about, like, yeah, it's a different thing. And, you know, not everyone needs that in all phases of your life. There might be a phase in your life where the not, well, I don't even know how much beach body costs right now, but (laughs) I I hate the name beach body, but you know, maybe that program might work for you, right. That type of exercise. Mm-hmm. But I find for a lot of moms during that phase of their life, that type of fitness doesn't work anymore because a lot of the language in there is really shaming or really just not considerate of what's going on in new mom's life. And yeah, it can make all the world of a difference to have someone in your corner who cares about you and can adapt your exercise to what's going on in your life. And yeah, mm-hmm. so much value in having someone guiding you in this chapter of your life for sure. Yeah. And, you know, like we, like we just talked, it's usually not cheap, but save up for a couple of months. Don't spend all your money on the superficial stuff that like you, all the hair, hair extensions, clothes from the best place. If, if you're wanting to feel and look better for the long term than yeah, investing in. And sometimes you only need to do it one time. Mm-hmm. Like I have lots of clients where they come in and we do sessions, and then it's like you just watch that bird fly. And you know, every few months I might give them a new program. And that is ultimately that's the best job. Mm-hmm. You want them to come in, you do sessions, and then they carry on and they're able to maintain their level of fitness on their own mm-hmm. yeah I love that yeah. yeah totally it's like when you said about saving up but I remember I, I really wanted more weights at home when I was pregnant we had I had like 10 pound weights or something and it just wasn't hard enough and I wasn't getting stronger and you know, but even that, like investing in dumbbells, that felt like a really big pricey thing to do. So eventually I asked my husband to just buy me some for Christmas and I was pumped. Like, and those are, I still have them six years later. I use them all the time. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was, it was a big investment for sure, but it's don't regret it at at all. And I'm sure there's $500. Lots of things I could have spent $500 on that I wouldn't value at this point. Right. Oh man. Yeah. We bought, uh, I think it must've been six or seven years ago. It was six years ago. Lucy was just born and we went to Costco and we picked up one of like, they had the, the whole dumbbell rack on sale from the fifties down to the fives. And we went to fitness Depot and got a set of rings. And it was like the, we had a really big garage. We were living in town at the time and we were able to just set it up in this little um, small room off of our garage. And the fact that I could walk from the house when Luke was home or before he left for work and go into that little space and do my workout was everything. Mm-hmm. Or I could put a child in the jolly jumper or like those little sa- saucers 
and Danny would, you know, be riding his bike in the garage and I could maybe get like 15, 20 minutes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would, it was just, it was everything. If you can just, I think, you know, having a little space at home when your kids are really little, if you can have that, like you need two dumbbells and a mat mm-hmm. and you can get a lot of stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, and maybe one day I'll go back to the gym, but that was huge. And, you know, specifically in that stage where your babies are so little and you can't really plan your day, right. You don't know when they're going to nap. You don't know when they're going to be screaming their head yeah. off. Um, but you know, every once in a while, this like magic thing happens and it's like, everyone's sleeping or quiet or whatever. Right. Yeah. And you could just go work out right in that moment, or you could just do a few exercises. Like you said, just like get on the floor in your living room and do some glute bridges and some dead bugs and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and in the same amount of time that you easily could have scrolled on Instagram and lost 15 minutes of your day, you could have a workout done. So, yeah, yeah. I think I, I'm going to say like maybe 1% of my clients right now go to the gym and part of that's COVID based, but ultimately it's mom life based. And, yeah. you know, for me, I could go downstairs and have a workout done in 20 to 30 minutes versus driving somewhere, parking, you know, all of that stuff. So oh, I, know. Yeah. I, I think I might forever work out at home. <laughs> I like, I started going to the gym when I was 14 we had a program given to us by our national coach. So started going to the gym then I loved it and then worked at the gym with the military and then worked in Edson out of a gym and always wanted to transition to home and transitioning to home. Oh, it's just, to me is so much better. (laughs) And yeah, I, I think the same thing. Like I, I don't have I might have one client that goes to the gym, but most people in the last year and a half have invested money in like just buying a few more weights and getting a more serious at home gym. And then when your kids get older, they can use it too. Like they're right there. My rings are like the number one used thing in our, in our house. It's a little scary. Sometimes I suggest at telling your kids to put a helmet on, but (laughs) Um, yeah, the stuff that they do in just our, our gym space now, I now realize my gym space is, is, is bigger, but it's my job. So I get to have one of those <laughs> and it's a priority for you, right? It always has been it's a priority. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, when we were living in town, I remember even walking out to the garage, even though it was like, you know, five feet from the house that was too far sometimes so I get up in the morning drink my coffee bring some of the dumbbells into the house downstairs so then when the kids would wake up you know even when they can hold their own bottle and eat Cheerios when they first wake up or a banana and watch tv you could do like three exercises four exercises and you'd sweat and it was like 20 minutes lucky if you're 30 and then you're good to go and it's, it's in those moments where you just kind of, I think when your kids are really small, you just have to seize those moments when, whenever they are and just take what you can get and be really happy with that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that just takes that mindset shift, right? That it's not going to look the way it did before your babies. No, like if you were having a, if you're doing splits, like a chest day and a back day. (laughs) I've never done that. But if you were, that's definitely not happening. 
after kids or not yeah. when they're really little anyway. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh, well, that was great, Kay. Yeah. Um, so what do you have coming up for Core Love Fitness that you want people to know about? Um, so I've opened up a bunch of small group training, which starts at the end of September. Um, so that's kind of our latest thing going on right now. And those run for 12 weeks. Um, and then beyond that, I have like the monthly online training for pregnant and postpartum women, and they can join that anytime. It's like a monthly membership and they just get slotted into whichever phase is appropriate for them at that time. Okay. Yeah. And, um, where can they find you? Uh, corelove.ca. That's my website. So that's the easiest or, or Instagram core love fitness on Instagram. Okay. Perfect. Try not to waste too much time on there, but I'm on there a fair amount. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I know it's, it's a love, love, hate there, but it's great for small business. Mm -hmm. It is it's it's great to connect. It's a really, it actually is a good tool to connect with women I find. And, you know, you get to see pictures of other people's babies and what's going on in their life. So I really like that. It just, you know, you could easily spend two hours on it and be like, well, what just happened? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Patty. That was awesome. Make sure to follow me on Facebook and IG at Patty Patton, where all programs and classes will be posted for the upcoming fall season.